Good morning, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us here today as we're going to dive in and continue our series where we've been talking about how to live rested versus restless. And in just a few moments, I'm going to share with you a teaching where we're going to talk about the Sabbath principle and what, what does it mean to Sabbath and what is a Sabbath and how do I practice a Sabbath principle in my life so I can live rested versus rest less. Well, and it's going to be a great day. Well, before we dive into anything, I do want to encourage you to open your ears, open your eyes, open your hearts to what God's Word might be saying to you today. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Uh, And let's pray that God will help us learn how to live rested versus restless. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you and we thank you for Jesus Christ who gives us the ability to rest in you. I pray, Father, that you will help us as we dive into your word to understand what it means to practice a Sabbath and to put a Sabbath to work, the rest to work in our lives so that we can rest in you and know what it means to experience your rest. God, I, I know that a lot of us are, are just restless. A lot of us, we're not getting enough sleep. We're working so hard and, and, and we're doing so much that we forget to rest and we forget to celebrate you and to know you. And so, God, I just pray that you will help us today to understand what you want us to do when it comes to the Sabbath. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, Amen. Well, let's dive into this teaching. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to live rested versus restless by talking about the Sabbath principle. Now, I came across an old story. Uh, it's a story of a of a train that was headed through a storm, and this storm was raging. It almost was causing floodwaters to rise along the track, and it, there was there was lightning striking everywhere and a lot of the a lot of the people on the train were getting pretty antsy about what was going on everybody was getting worked up and nervous were they going to make it through this storm safely on the train now one passenger noticed this little girl who just seemed to be calm she seemed to be at ease as everyone else is getting filled with panic the one of the one of the people that noticed her came and she said they said to her listen uh, why aren't you getting worked up and she said well i i just can't because my dad is the engineer and he's going to make sure that we're all safe well i love that I love that illustration because it sort of shows us why we should get to a place where we can rest in Christ. Because we have the engineer as our father. The engineer is our dad. Better yet, the way that God says it is he is our shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. He's going to bring his goodness into our life. And he leads us to lay down like sheep laying down in a green pasture and beside still waters. When you read that psalm as David wrote it, you get a picture of the good shepherd leads us to rest. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29, he said this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy carry heavy burdens and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because i'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls now we're in this series where we're talking about living rested versus restless and if if you missed any of the messages that led up to this one I would encourage you check it out uh, go to our website www.vernonia.church and you can look at old messages you could look at this series and find the messages leading up and so far uh, we've talked about some of the things that make us restless things like we feel 
feel like our busyness is what makes us important and gives us our significance. And so we had a teaching called You Are Significant. And when you know where your significance comes from, that allows you to rest. And then we talked about how uh, God wants us to slow down. He wants us to learn to be content and to practice contentment in our life. At the same time, we talked about how to make the most of our work time so that then when it comes to our slow down and rest time, we're able to slow down because we feel good about what's already been done and where we already are and we're content in Christ with, with what we've already have, what we've already accomplished, and and where we are we're just we just learn the practice of contentment and that will help us slow down if you miss those messages i really want you to go back and check those out because those are important teachings well today it's going to be all about the sabbath principle and we want to dive in to the big tent one thing that we often miss is that god actually put rest in his Ten Commandments, the Big Ten that he gives us through Moses, Jesus would teach us that the most important commands in all of the Old Testament and all of the Bible are to love God with all we have and to love other people. And what we learn is that you could, you could take all of the Old Testament laws and they all fall under one of those two categories. The same thing could be done with the Big Ten. The Big Ten are about loving God. The first few are all about how we love God and practice loving God. I worship God and God only because I love him. I don't use his name in vain because I love him. You know, And, and then there's loving other people, things like don't murder. Well, I don't want to murder you because I love people, and that's all about love. You know, I don't covet. I don't. I don't covet your your spouse. I don't. Uh, I don't steal from you. I don't lie to you. I don't do those things because I love people. Well, when it comes to the Sabbath, it's it's almost like this one helps us do both of those things. I I practice the Sabbath and uh, and I'm more loving to other people when I'm rested and I practice the Sabbath and I use it as a day to love on God. And God will give us in the in the 10 commandments this command, you shall keep the Sabbath. Now, this command and all of the Ten Commandments will be one that will have more explanation than almost any of the others. I mean, it simply says, you shall not murder. But when it talks about the Sabbath, God will actually explain what it's about and why, and he will give us all kinds of explanations to go around it. And what I want to do is just take some time really quickly and get to know the Sabbath command. Uh, let's let, let's ask what is it and what's it mean and what's the idea of it and how do I do it? Uh, this is historically one of the commands in the Big Ten that uh, well that would that would be most the most debated that would be the most misunderstood and the most uh, the, the most confusing and it would become for the religious leaders of Jesus' day one of the most important commands out of all the ten. Uh, it would become a command that would be practiced and it would be the most important to the people around at Jesus' time. And uh, and to them, it was the most important thing. Uh, even today, this command is misunderstood. People don't understand what it is and how to do it. And there are groups of Christians, some of them cults, uh, that build their whole worship of God around this idea of the Sabbath. And it's one of uh, that some Christians, believe we need to keep today. It's one that some Christians think we don't need to keep today. And it's one that a lot of Christians, like me, will teach that there is a Sabbath principle that we practice. And I'm going to explain that as we go along. Uh, I'll teach you a little bit more about what I mean by that. And so what is it? What is the Sabbath. What am I even talking about? Uh, what, what is it that God wants us to do with this fourth commandment and the Ten Commandments? And uh, let's let's take a look at it really quick to begin in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. It says this, uh, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. 
And now he's going to explain what the Sabbath day is. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters or manservants or maidservants, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made uh, it holy." And what I want to do this morning is talk about from this text and from all a lot of the other texts that talk about the Sabbath in the Bible, I want to talk about how to practice a Sabbath principle in your life. Do you realize that God actually put it in his commands and says, I want you to take a day off. I want you to rest. Take a day to rest. And if you can practice this Sabbath principle and have a day of rest, wow, uh, you will find that uh, you, you are more rejuvenated, that you have more energy, you're more able to dive back into work, you know, when it's time. And uh, it's actually a command that not only helps you love God and love others, but it also helps you love yourself and give yourself just a time to rest. And so I want to share with you uh, four parts to this Sabbath principle that you can practice. And the first part, uh, I want to encourage you, if you have no, uh, a note sheet or some place that you can take some notes and write some things down, I want to encourage you to do that. The first part is this. Number one, the Sabbath principle is where we set aside a day to stop it. <laughs> Just write that down. It's a day to stop it. Stop everything, to just stop. Uh, we work hard, he says, for six days. Some of us, we got that five-day work week, and then we have a, actually two days off. Uh, but let's be honest, most of the time on that, on that first day off, we're almost always doing another kind of work. Uh, and so what he's going to say is make sure you have a day where you just stop it. You rest. You just stop it. We work and we do all that we need. We, we take care of all our priorities and all our purposes and we work and work and work on the, on the six days before that Sabbath day. And then on that seventh day, we just stop it. We say to ourselves, done. Stop it. This is permission for you to say, I'm, I'm just going to check out for a day. Moses says, remember the Sabbath, don't forget the Sabbath, keep doing the Sabbath, and, and he calls this day a Sabbath. Now, earlier in the book of Exodus, we saw this word Sabbath, uh, although uh, it's it's although it's uh, it's translated differently at this other occasion. But if you were to read Exodus uh, and go back to where God has freed these people from slavery and from slave work and from hard work, he's freed them from genocide as the Pharaoh was putting them their babies to death, trying to, to thin their numbers. God freed them from that miraculously with the plague miraculously by taking them across the Red Sea. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that God did there. And as they were out in the wilderness, they began to realize that they're here. There's two million people, Hebrew people, that have just been saved from Egypt. They had no food. What were they going to eat? And so God says, I'm going to provide. And he taught Moses about how he was going to provide them with uh, this stuff called manna. It was a bread from heaven, so to speak. It tasted like uh, wafer and honey. And, and God made this stuff appear every day. And here's what God said to them. Listen, every day for six days, I want you to pick up just enough for you to eat for that day. Don't take extra. Just take what you need for that day. And then on the sixth day, I want you to pick up enough to cover the seventh day and that seventh day is going to be a day that's going to be made holy before the Lord that you will spend just thinking about how God is providing for and taking care of you. And so that word that he used to describe that day was a Sabbath day. And in the Hebrew calendar, the Sabbath day came on the seventh day, which was Saturday. 
Saturday was their typical Sabbath day. And they would they would essentially stop everything. They would cease all things. They would just stop it. <laughs> and uh, and it was about breaking the routine. It was about just setting aside a day where they could focus on worship and knowing God and and prayer and a day where they could rejuvenate and find a, uh, extra energy. And the people would work and do life and do their day-to-day things for six days a week. And there was a lot to be done. There were a lot of things to stress about, I'm sure. There were a lot of things to get done. And But then on the seventh day, they were supposed to just say, I'm going to trust God this day and stop everything. And they would rest in the Lord. And here's how you'd practice this principle in your life. If you have a lot to do and you feel like you have a seven-day work week coming ahead, you just say, I'm going to work harder uh, on the days leading up to that seventh day so that I can make sure that I have that day, right? You're going to work for six days and get everything in and get everything done. And even if you feel like you can't get everything done, I'd recommend you listen to the message from last, uh, the last message where we talked about God wants you to slow down. There's some principles and practices that would help you uh, lead up to that seventh day. But when you get there, you just say, this is now my day, my time to stop and rest and live in the rest of God. The Jewish people took this command uh, to an extreme when it came to the Sabbath. Uh, they were serious Sabbathers, you could say. Uh, so much so that religious authorities would describe uh, the the Sabbath as the cornerstone of Judaism. For them, it was what made a distinction between them and the people around them. For them, it was a difference. Uh, from it was the difference between the people of God. God and the people around them, and one day a week they would take a break and worship God and focus on God and break the routine. Now, the command was that no one should work, and it gets a little difficult because the word work can be used to describe a lot of things. You know, we all work in different ways, we all have different things we do for work, and uh, we see throughout the scriptures, this work would be described, uh, it would it would say things like travel on that day was something you weren't supposed to do, it was restricted, uh, there were certain restrictions around travel. We would see that agricultural activities were restricted, planting and harvesting were restricted, uh, kindling of fires and gathering wood were restricted, and conducting business was restricted, and carrying burdens was was restricted, and we see that treading the wine press was restricted, and and we even see that like loading donkeys and some of the things that in their day, if you were to just say, hey, that was business in those days. The things that he describes, they were all things that would help them get ahead financially, help them get ahead in life, help them to continue to strive for success, and basically God. God is saying you need to just take a break from those kinds of things in uh, on this day. Uh, take a break. If in the practice of the, the principle we would practice is you take a look at your work, you take a look at the things you're doing to get ahead, and you would just say on that day. I might do something, but what I do is going to be different than all the other things that I do. You know, if I if I read for a living, then on the Sabbath I'm not going to probably spend time reading unless I read something enjoyable. You know, if I if I speak for a living or if I counsel for a living, I'm going to just stop it on that day. Now, if I'm a carpenter for a living, I'm going to stop that kind of work on that day. I might do something different on that day, but whatever I do, it's not going to be about getting ahead, you know, in life. That's not what the Sabbath is about. It's just a day that we stop 
whatever it is we would normally do to get ahead. And the word work is not a very specific word. It's sort of an open-ended word. And so we, we sort of want to go ahead and, and just practice doing things that give us energy on that day rather than take our energy on that day. The idea is an idea of rest. Uh, and the people of uh, of Jesus day would take this rule so far that they had they had all kinds of rules about things that you could or couldn't do on the Sabbath, you know, things about like how to how to hand someone an egg that comes to your door for eggs. You know, there was a there was actually a rule for that and and there were they were silly rules when it came to the idea of making sure you didn't break the Sabbath. Jesus would teach us, listen guys, you went way too far with all this. Uh, Even Jesus thought there were exceptions to the rule that, hey, you know, if there's certain things going on, then you do what you gotta do, you know. And he said it this way in Matthew, or sorry, in Mark 2, 27. He said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus would teach that there's a time and a place and a circumstance to make an exception to the rule. God gave you the Sabbath to help you, but sometimes you you make an exception. And he had a different idea in mind when he created the Sabbath, rather than all these rules and regulations and ideas about uh, making sure that we're not breaking the Sabbath. And there's something to be said for rest. Uh, a lot of God's laws, uh, people think of them as restrictive, but man, you read the Ten Commandments, and if you're someone that reads the Ten Commandments and thinks, oh, this just restricts my life, then then maybe you want to check yourself in terms of your love for God and people. I mean, I don't read a passage like, you shall not murder, and feel like, oh, that's so restrictive, you know, uh, or or don't steal your, your friend's wife, you know, that's a restrictive rule, you know. If, if, if those are things that, uh, that bother you, then maybe there's a heart check you need to do and just say, God, will you help me uh, to to actually love people and and to love you because uh because that's what it's all about. And the same thing with the rest. The rest that he commands us to do is not meant to be restrictive. It's meant to be something that helps us. Almost all of God's commands are things that help us. They they help us in our life. And there's something to be said for rest. In 1998 A man named Frederick W. Taylor worked for a large steel mill in the Spanish-American War. He was ambitious and an executive, and and he wanted to apply some scientific methods to help the productivity of of their labor at their mill. In those days, there weren't cranes to load the steel bars onto railroad cars. It was backbreaking, manual work. And so uh, what they found is that if they gave people rest between shifts, if they gave them rest after so much time of working, that they were able to become incredibly productive compared to what they were before. The workers that worked with no rest would... Uh, would load about 12 and a half tons of steel a day and the ones that rested and that were in a group that was practicing rest well they were able to increase their productivity to 47 tons of steel a day loaded up onto them railroad cars And, and it's a big deal rest it makes a big difference and there's something to be said for rest and maybe God knows what's best for us Maybe he's the father, the shepherd that knows what's best for the sheep. And you might notice that when Moses writes this command about the Sabbath, rest on the seventh day, he says. And he gives a why. And it's a unique why in all of the Ten Commandments. The why that he gives is because God has put a rhythm of rest into his creation. 
that when God created, he practiced this rhythm. He worked all six days creating everything, and then on the seventh day, he rested. And someone might ask a question like, well, did God get tired after six days? Uh, Did he need to rest and recuperate? And why did he do that? And the answer to did he get tired, I think, is a well, that's a strong no. God God didn't get tired. In fact, it says in Isaiah 40, verse 28, Do you not know, have you not heard, that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of, of all the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. And so we know God doesn't get tired. Why he rested was to kind of create this this rhythm in creation where we would find rest. He did it because it was good to. He did it because it, he knew it would be good for us to, to follow his example. And so what he says is work hard six days, the Sabbath principle, work hard six days, and on the seventh day, rest. Well, that brings us to number two. And number two is this, that this Sabbath principle is where we take a day, the same day that we're Sabbathing, uh, we take a day and we dedicate that day to Jesus. It's his day, not my day. It's his day. The Sabbath principle tells us that we'll dedicate a day to Jesus. It's a day for reflecting, a day for remembering, a day for thinking and praying, a day for enjoying life in the Lord. Uh, It's not only about resting and and stopping the routine, but it's also a day of focus. It's a day with a reason. The true Sabbath has both elements, rest and God. Uh, It's not just rest. Uh, and, And it wasn't intended to be a day that was a simple day of relaxation. Uh, It was intended to be a day of resting and a day of commitment to the Lord. The command to keep the Sabbath day says to make sure you keep this day holy. What the word holy means is that it it means that it's a day where you're going to think about godliness and, and consider godliness. It's a day where you're going to worship it's a day where you're going to to put him first. It's a day that maybe you'll spend in confession uh, and and talking to God about uh, about maybe things that you, you need him to forgive you for. It's a day to repent and to talk to God about how you want to turn your life around and become more like Jesus. It's a day of forgiveness where you you just let him forgive you and maybe you forgive others. You see, the Sabbath was to commit a day of the week to the Lord. We don't just stop working. We actually commit that day to Jesus. We we stop the normal routine of our lives and we think about our shepherd. We think about his holiness and we evaluate where we stand in, in his holiness. The Sabbath is a command to consider our holiness and it's a day to consider the holiness of God and where where he wants to bring us and and our hope in him. In Exodus chapter 31, verse 13, God tells Moses to say to the Israelites, he says, you must observe observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. In other words, that day was to be a day that they would teach their kids and their kids' kids to practice uh, considering the holiness of God and considering our holiness before him. In Isaiah 58, 13 to 14, it says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day and keep it honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on to the heights of the land and feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And this was a day that was meant to be a day to delight in God. And so when I practice a Sabbath principle, I work and I stop it, and then I 
delight in God. I delight in my faith in Jesus. The Sabbath principle is where we we dedicate a day to God. And we say this day, God is yours. And number three in the Sabbath principle is this, that we remember that on that day, we're going to focus on how Jesus frees us. And so it's a day where we let Jesus free us. We, we think about the freedom that he's given us. Can you imagine when Moses first brought the Ten Commandments to these people, the, the amazing freeing experience it must have been for them to go from having a master in Egypt who beat them with whips, who put them to work and very hard, very difficult, very oppressive slave labor was committing genocide. And now they have a new master, God, and they're following his leader, Moses, who goes up onto a mountain, comes down with 10 commandments. And one of those 10 commandments says, take a break rest for a whole day. They went from working seven days a week, being whipped, being beaten, and being abused to God saying, I free you for a day. Have a day. Rest. And think about how nice that would be to have a day where you could just feel free from work, free from your responsibilities, free from worry about your career, free from uh, carrying the weight of the burdens of your job or, or whatever. And if you could just say, listen, I've got a day that I'm giving to God and I am free and I'm going to think about on this day how Jesus frees me. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, God will tell the people that that's one of the reasons he gave them the Sabbath. Observe the Sabbath day, it says in the scriptures there. Uh, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your other animals, nor your alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. Remember, that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. And what, what Moses was doing there is he knew that we as humans always like to find a loophole with God. And so Moses basically says, listen, on that day, you take a break and you really take a break. In fact, you're not the only one taking a break, but your kids are taking a break. Your machinery is taking a break. Your uh, Anyone that works for you, your employees are taking a break. You are having a Sabbath and keeping it holy and letting everyone else take a break. And, and so the loophole would be, oh, I'm going to take a break, but I'm going to ha- hire someone to do the work for me. No, that's not how it goes. It is a Sabbath to take serious and to, to just say, I'm free, and everyone who, who's under me is free, and we're all free on this day to enjoy Jesus and what he gives and what he does. And here's how you do that. You look at your work week, all the work you do, all the work you have to do. On that day that you choose to be your Sabbath day, that's a day to be free from it all. Spend that day doing something that re-energizes you, letting your family do things that re-energize them, let your employees and your workers and and and, and let everyone do uh, what they need to do. And, and you might be in a place where you'd say, man, I don't know how we w- I could do that. I don't know how I would do that. Things would fall apart if I do that. And part of that is uh, is, is trusting in God 
right? Part of that is trusting that he will provide and take care. You look at, uh, there there are very few in our modern day, few companies that practice this sort of thing. But man, look at Chick-fil-A. Uh, They are a very successful company in our culture today, and they actually practice the the Sabbath principle in their company, and that's why they're not open on Sunday. And yeah, they're probably not making profit on that day, and they aren't, right? There's there's no sales, but but they trust God, and and God provides, and they do very well. Uh, regardless. And and the idea here is just to say, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to give a day to Jesus and and I'm going to focus on him and the freedom that he gives me. Part of that freedom is freedom not to work on a day of the week. And, and And the number four is this. Number four is when I practice the Sabbath principle, it is a day to be redeemed. It's a day that's meant to be a day that points us to our redemption. Uh, this is uh, this is all about how the Sabbath was meant to lead us to Jesus. Uh, if you think about the idea of rest, God put rest into the commands so that we would one day know the rest that Jesus brings us. Remember, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus teaches us, Listen, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. You know, I didn't come to use a big eraser and erase away all of the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. No. He says, I have come to fulfill them. I have come to to fulfill the requirements of them. I have come so that you could be given credit for keeping them. Scripture tells us that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law in our lives. And one common mistake I think people make is this. Uh, They think that, well, we're told to keep the Ten Commandments, but this is a command I, I don't have to keep, and 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 so let's make it nine commandments. Or 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 people make another mistake, and they think, well, this one I have to keep. You know, I I, I can tell you about times where preachers would stand up and they would point their finger at their congregations and tell them they had to rest on Sunday. I always wanted to raise my hand as a pastor, especially knowing that it's hard work on Sunday, and say, wait a minute, you're working today, you know? Uh, And and so often what happens with the Ten Commandments is we start telling people which ones they have to keep, which ones they don't. And Jesus would say, listen, I came to fulfill them all. And so when you have faith in me and receive what I have to give, I will give you credit as if you kept all the commands. I will redeem you and claim you and I will trade you. Uh, I will go to the cross and die and I will pay for all your sins, all the places and times that you broke God's commands. I will pay for all that and then give you my credit that I've earned by keeping God's commands totally. And some Christians get confused when it comes to this Sabbath idea. The Apostle Paul was talking to some Christians in the church of Galatia who were getting sort of confused about what was important. They were teaching people that they had to keep the law to be acceptable to God, to be able to go to heaven. And for them, they were focused on the law of circumcision. They were telling everyone in the churches who was becoming Christians that were Gentiles, had never been circumcised, that if they didn't get circumcised, they didn't go to heaven. And so in Galatians chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, Paul says this, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he will be obligated to obey the whole law. And who are you trying, uh, who, uh, who, uh, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. In other words, what he's saying there is if you try to keep a law so that you go to heaven, other than the law of faith and and grace and Jesus, if you try to keep one law, you need to keep them all uh, and you will fall away from grace if you go that direction. In Galatians 4 verse 8-11, uh, 
He says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now you know God, and rather you are known by God. How is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. And when when Paul says some of that, I can't help but think of people who, you know, they they build their whole faith around keeping the Sabbath, worshiping on Saturday, and they have a special day. Uh, or, or people who feel like Christians uh, aren't Christians unless they're practicing some of those special days and, and observations and ceremonies in the Old Testament. And Jesus said, like, I came to fulfill those things. Uh, you don't do those things to get to heaven. You have faith in me, and that's how you're redeemed. And what I don't want you to hear me saying is I talk about a Sabbath principle here is that I'm telling you, you got to do this to get to heaven. You have faith in Jesus. That's how you get grace. You know, that's, that's what gets you to heaven, being made new by God through uh, faith and repentance and making first steps of baptism and walking with Jesus. That's what gets you to heaven, not uh, keeping religious rules and laws about special days or times. That's also why I like to talk about the Sabbath as a principle. But here's the thing. Uh, when, when we have faith in Christ, it makes us want to love God and love other people. And it makes us want to practice what God put in place for our benefit. And one of those things is the Sabbath. And, uh, and so we fulfill the Sabbath in our lives by keeping what I would call a Sabbath principle. We set aside one day out of seven to give to God. I, I, it doesn't matter if it's Saturday for you or Sunday for you or Monday or Friday. I don't care what day it is. You work six days and rest on the seventh and just start living in this cycle of restedness versus restlessness. And you'll find that your productivity is up you'll find that it actually will benefit you more as you trust in Jesus and let him lead you. And we practice this Sabbath principle. Uh, and, and for you, it might be a different day. For me, I work on Saturday and Sunday, and I choose a day of the week, usually Friday. And every once in a while, it moves into uh, a Saturday instead. But I practice trying to trying to save a day for God. And that's part of, uh, of the spiritual rhythm of my life. And I would encourage you to put this into practice in yours too. In Romans 14, 5 to 6, it says this, One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his mind. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. And, uh, and he who takes that day and gives that day to God, he does that for the Lord. And some people will really feel strong about Sunday. I think Sunday matters. Sunday is a great day because a lot of worship is happening and, and a lot of you get to come and worship and take part in worship and focus on God that day. And you have most everything provided for you when you come. And so for you, that's that's not work. That's just a great day of rest. And, and, and so I think Sunday is a great day to do it. But you know what? Uh, not every Everybody can do that. And so you choose your day, the day that works for you. And, 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 I, and I won't pass judgment, you know, and we're not even supposed to pass judgment on it. In Romans 14, 13, it says, Therefore, let's not pass judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in, 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 another, person's, uh, in another person's way, in their faith, in their life. And so I would encourage you to think about what day, what day works for you. What day could you put into the rhythm of your life that would become your Sabbath day? And when work calls, you can say, I'm sorry, I'm not available. That's my Sabbath day. 
and I'm, I'm, uh, this is a day I give to God uh, rather than give to work, you know, and, and protect and guard that Sabbath day. And I will tell you, I know that's hard to do in our culture that goes and goes and goes and goes. And a lot of jobs will tell you, you have to work that day or you lose your job. Uh, as a young man, uh, I decided as a Christian, I was going to practice the Sabbath principle and I just wouldn't take a job if they asked me to work on that day. And I just made sure when I did, I, you have to protect it. You have to guard it. You have to fight your own desire for more money and for extra, your own desire for for success. And, and, and you have to just trust in God to give him that day. And the next part, or, or the second part of, of practicing the redemption on that day is this. Jesus called himself the Lord of the Sabbath. Did you know that? He actually he actually gave himself that title, that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He demonstrated authority over the Sabbath and and how to keep it and when when to uh, you know when it was okay to not keep it. But most of all he declared in the book of Hebrews, the point of the Sabbath. Paul will discuss the point of the Sabbath and what it was all about. In Hebrews 4, 1 to 11, I'm going to read it. It's a lengthy passage. It says it says this, Therefore, since the promise of entering into God's rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message that they heard was of no value you to them because those who heard did not combine it with faith now we who have believed enter that rest just as god has said so i declare on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest and yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. He's talking about the Sabbath here. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest. And those who formerly had the gospel preached to them uh, did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today. When a long time later he spoke to David, as was said before, Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. In other words, what Paul is saying in a in a big theological way, taking passages from the Old Testament and theology from the Old Testament, he's saying this, when we have faith in Jesus, Jesus becomes our rest. Jesus fulfills the Sabbath in us. Jesus becomes the way that we rest our souls as we give him our souls. He, he gives us rest in him. In Colossians 2, 16 to 17, Paul will teach saying this, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival or a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come, the reality however, is found in Jesus Christ. And the point that he's making is that we're not to, we're not to judge others based on whether they celebrate Easter or whether they celebrate Christmas or whether they practice a Sabbath on Saturday. In which, by the way, when, when, when 
Jews started becoming Christians and worshiping God. They worshiped on Sunday rather than on Saturday because Sunday was the day when Jesus rose from the dead. And they felt like that was a part of their worship of Jesus as the Messiah who came, which is how Sunday became the traditional worship day and rest day and Sabbath day for a lot of Christians and and, and for Christians worldwide. And so, uh, but uh, we... We can't judge each other on that day. And the point that he made here was that those were all things that were shadows. They were foreshadowing of what Jesus would do for us by giving rest to our souls. In other words, Jesus is the point of the Sabbath rest. And when I, when I decide to have faith in Jesus and I say, today is the day, to have faith in him. Today is the day to say yes to him. Today is the day to make a first time decision to believe in him. And today is the day I'm going to walk in faith as I follow my good shepherd who leads me to lay down in green pastures and beside still waters. Today is the day that my faith will bring me rest. And by doing that, I'm being redeemed by Christ and entering into God's rest. And so the Sabbath principle is a principle that I bring to you in a teaching, and I know it's a little longer teaching than usual, but it's a teaching I bring to you, and and I would just encourage you, challenge you to say, I'm going to begin practicing the Sabbath principle in my life so that I can live rested versus restless. I'd like to pray with you and pray for you as we finish up here. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Sabbath principle. We thank you for saying to us that we can have a day to be free, a day to enjoy life in you, a day to be rejuvenated, and a day to rest in you. And God, I pray that you will maybe use this teaching to help a lot of people who've just been going, 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 going to, to, to feel good about stopping and seeing you. I pray that you will use this principle to help us to walk closer with you, to serve you and love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, I want to say thank you for joining me as we've continued this series about how to live rested versus restless. Uh, just for from me, I, I, I have enjoyed doing this series. I've never preached on, a, on the subject like this with, in so, with so much detail. It's been kind of fun for me to dive in and, and think about the rest that God brings us to, the, to talk about rest as a spiritual practice. Uh, I've really enjoyed uncovering it and unpacking it myself and sharing it with you, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you. Well, I want to finish up now by declaring it's been a great day, and you can join me doing that if you're in a place where you can. On the count of three, let's declare it's been a great day together. You ready? One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to continuing this series with you next week.